and welcome to the Business of Property Podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting as we do every week about anything and everything property. And this week we were looking at, if those of you that were listening recently remember property that Simon was discussing, which was a building in Red Hill, which contained a number of flats, which was something which caught Simon's eye to look at, which has since been sold, but there are developments. But we were still looking at, and Simon was reviewing the numbers related to that building and the flats in and and what the options would be if he were to think about investing in it. And Simon, you've you've done a sort of few calculations and we just thought it'd be worthwhile running through our numbers, your numbers, but how we think about those numbers when we're looking at these types of investments. Yeah, in, in my my defence for, for spending time making this spreadsheet, even though I know the block of flats is sold and, and I can't buy it. We talked about this last week and we were looking at one of the flats that has come up for auction again within this block and we we looked at or we we chatted about why that might be and the potential benefit and sort of ability to extract cash from the deal for the the original purchaser of the block and as i was re-listening to that it occurred to me that you probably wouldn't be able to extract as much money as we'd we talked about last week because You'd be selling one of the the flats, uh, effectively a third of of what you owned, and hence you'd be able to raise less finance against the the two flats you've got left versus the having having all three, and hence you probably wouldn't be able to get all of your money back or nearly all of your money back as as we'd suggested in in that recording. So so I I was curious and I, I sort of started putting together a, a little spreadsheet as you do, just just a handful of numbers to get a, a rough idea. And then I sort of expanded it a little bit. And then I was curious about how that compared, as in the the scenario of selling a flat and trying to extract a bit more cash, how that compared to the scenario of not selling that flat and keeping it and renting it out, as as had been sort of the the plan I was considering when I was looking at this, this block of flats for purchase. And that sort of evolved a little bit more and I needed a few more numbers to, to add in the extra detail. From that came to light that, that the two flats that were already rented on, on ASTs were currently on fairly low rents, certainly much lower than, than you would expect to, to get if they rent out to the open rental market now. I think that's because what one of those tenancies started in 2010 and the other one started in 2018. So they've they've obviously been been running for a long time and and haven't had rent increases to to keep up with sort of current rents. So I added a few more numbers into the spreadsheet and looked at sort of the the longer term potential from maybe increasing those rents or or when the, the flats come up for re rent or whatever. And now, just before we started recording today, I've given this this spreadsheet to to Stuart, who's who's then spent fifteen minutes making it look much better and, and nicer and rearranging things so it actually makes sense to, to another human being. And we've, we've, now, we've now got the, the final result that we're, we're going to try and talk about. Stuart, why, why, why didn't you, you kick off trying to dig into the numbers a bit or lead off from there? It's just a quick refresher. So it's a, it's a building with four flats. 
And the total value of that building that was purchased? It was purchased at auction for 550000 So it was purchased for five fifty, and only came with three of the flats, not all four. Yes. So the fourth flat has already been sold on a leasehold. So you, own, you only actually get the, the ownership, full ownership of three of the flats within the block. Okay. So we, and by your estimates, with those three flats, potential value is around, is actual value is around 575. So although. I, I think I'm being a bit pessimistic there, but, but yes, that, that's what I've put in my spreadsheet. And so the the two options then, so this was looked at in terms of buying with cash, and we'll we'll talk about that a bit later on. But based on buying with cash, and then refinancing as a typical loan to value, which which this would most likely be, or the flats would be around seventy five percent loan to value. So if you kept all three, got a value of five seven five. The borrowing. Just before you go into the borrowing there, you mentioned a loan to value of about 75%. And that would only be achievable if the rents on the two existing flats were, were increased. Because as they currently are, they would be the limiting factor on the amount you could borrow because of the, the rental cover requirements. So assuming you got the, the market rent, and I think based on what you've looked at, there is there's definitely scope for the for the rent to improve. Assuming that were the case, you you could borrow at seventy five percent on the five seven five, around three hundred and sixty k. Nope, I need to make this spreadsheet clearer. <laughs> uh, if you borrowed at market, if the if you got market rents, so the the two flats are currently rented, their rents went up, and you rented out the third flat. Then you could borrow against the five seven five valuation at about seventy five percent loan to value. Uh, the rental cover would be sufficient for that. Therefore, you'd get mortgage value of four hundred and thirty one thousand four hundred thirty one thousand. Yeah, you should probably talk through this bit, really, because otherwise I'm because <laughs> I'm a bit confused. So, but actually, it's oh, four... I'm so glad my spreadsheet makes so much sense. <laughs> So cash in is four nine five less four three one, which leaves us about one six four. Okay, that's that figure there. Yeah. So if you were to get the valuations on each of the flats that you were expecting, and assuming the rental cover is okay, which we think it is, you would borrow seventy five percent of the five seven five, which is around four hundred thirty one thousand, which gives you about one hundred sixty four thousand pounds cash out 164,000 cash in that's the cash you've got left cash left in yeah maybe you should talk about it <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> i don't know how much is left in after editing of the last five minutes but you've just been trying to explain my the, the figures in my spreadsheet Stuart, and it, it's clearly not very well laid out <laughs> because it's included a number of confusions so we're going to try and re-record the last five minutes with with me explaining the numbers in the spreadsheet and see if we do any better see if i can remember what my own spreadsheet means so you have you, you've purchased a block of flats five hundred fifty thousand. you've got a block it's got four flats in it you only actually own three of them one of those flats is empty 
two of them are let on AST contracts that are a bit out of date and have lower rent than would be considered market value. So if we just assume that the only flat sort of in play for changes is the empty one. So with that empty flat, we've got two, maybe three things we could do with it. We could sell it as is, and that's what they, they seem to have done. The, the owner of this, the, the new owner of this block of flat seems to have done that. But instead of that, you could have refurbished the flat because it definitely needs a refurb. And then you could have sold it refurbished or you could rent it out after refurbishing it. So the two sort of scenarios that I looked at are what the new owner has done, which is just choose to sell that empty flat as is without refurbing it. So it's, it's still in need. And the scenario that I had previously been considering, which was to refurbish the flat and then rent it out. So scenario one, sell the flat. In that scenario, you've got a little bit of sales costs involved in, in listing that flat for auction and, and going through that sales process, but not, not a huge amount. So mostly you sell it for £168,000, which is, is what we saw from the, the previous auction they, they managed to achieve. And you get that that money back. You've now only got two flats left. Those two flats have a value of maybe 375000 if they were vacant and, and out onto the open market. So that's sort of what they would be potentially mortgaged against. However, they've got very low rents on them compared to, to the current market. So we go to a mortgage company and say, we want to mortgage these two flats worth 375000 And they've got these rents, which is 75 and one of them, 550 in the other. And the mortgage company is going to come back and say, that's great, but the rental cover requirements that we have on, on our buy-to-let mortgages mean that you can only borrow 50%, so 56% loan-to-value. So that's £211,000 is all you can borrow. So with £168,000 from the sale, £211,000 from a mortgage company, we get to take out £379,000 of cash. And this is assuming we've we've bought it with cash just because otherwise this spreadsheet would be even more complicated if we started considering bridging and the, the costs of that and things. So we're, I'm, I'm ignoring that. I'm just assuming we've paid cash for the, the upfront purchase. And now we're talking about the cash we get back. So once we've got that cash back, the cash left in this property is about 203500 something like that. So there's quite a lot of money still tied up in the block plus the two flats that we actually own within it. Just looking at the scenario two quickly up to that point, we've spent a bit more refurbing the flat, maybe £15,000. We've now got three flats. The valuation on those is perhaps £575,000. We're expecting to rent the third one at market rate. So that gets higher rent, probably about nine fifty dollars for a two-bed flat in Red Hill. And that means that we can obviously borrow at a higher level on, on that third flat. But the other two flats, we're still going to be restricted in what we can borrow because of the low rents. Overall, across the three, we should be able to achieve a loan to value of 63%, something in that region for our mortgage. And that means a mortgage value of £361,000. So we've purchased the, the block for 550. We've put a bit of extra money in for the refurb. We're now mortgaging out 360000 ish 
And that means that the amount of cash we've left in the property in that deal would be around £234,000. So we've got a difference of about £30,000 of of cash that's actually still left in that property, locked up, uh, unable for, for us to access. But of course, we actually own different things as well. In one scenario, we effectively own two flats. In the other scenario, we own three. And that means they're going to produce different ongoing income, value, rent. So in scenario one, where we only own two flats, and those flats are currently fetching a a less than market rent, we'd expect a rent of about, or the the rent would be, should I say, because we know what it is, because it's listed in the sale details. So we've got a rent of about £1,300 a month. We can work out roughly what the mortgage payments might be on the borrowing we just talked about. And we can throw in uh, a rough figure for, for maintenance and voids and stuff. And that would give us a monthly profit of about £550 from, from those two flats. That works out return on investment. So the profit over the cash that is in the, the deal. And in fact, it's possibly not return on investment. It might be return on capital employed and how you look at this. But anyway, that would give us a return on our, our cash or our capital figure of about 3.3%. Scenario two, we'd be looking at increased rent, so 2,200-ish a month. We'd also have increased mortgage costs, increased maintenance and void coverage and things because we've got the extra flat to look after. Uh, monthly profit would come out about £990, something in that region. And that works out at a, a return on cash employed of just over 5%. So in scenario one, We've got an extra 30 grand in our pocket. But in scenario two, we're making 5% on our capital instead of 3.3%. I think comparing these two is very interesting to, to play off sort of the, your objectives and how you can take the same property and apply two different strategies to it and get two different outcomes depending on, on what your, your objective is, or, or maybe depending on what your restrictions are. Because I mean, if, if you've only got Two hundred thousand pounds to to leave in a deal, then you can't take the option where you have to leave in two hundred thirty five thousand. So that you might might have other restrictions, and there's there's a, a sort of second section that I made on on this spreadsheet, which is looking out further afield, so into the future, where in both scenarios you've managed to gradually increase the rent you're charging on those two on the two flats that were already let, or perhaps those tenants are left, you re-let them at market rate or whatever. So this is now the, the longer term scenario. And now in both of these, you've managed to remortgage at about 75% loan to value across the, the entire block because the, the rents are now high enough to allow the rental cover to permit that. So after that, the cash that you've got left in the property so you've now managed to achieve a higher mortgage, so you've got less cash in. So the cash that is left in, in scenario one, where you only own two flats, is about £133,000. In scenario two, where you own three flats, it's about £164,000. So still still a difference of about £30,000 cash that's, that's left in. However, the, the rents have now gone up in both of the scenarios, and the return on capital employed, so this is now higher profit, but against or and against lower cash left in because you've got the higher mortgage. Scenario one, looking at just over 7%. 
Scenario two, looking at 8.9%. So again, still a higher return on, on capital employed. And if you look at the the, the cash figures um, in this in these two situations, the sort of future scenario one and scenario two, your annual income or your annual profit varies by about five thousand pounds. So scenario two, where you've got the extra flat, provides a higher annual income by about five thousand pounds. So we have got. £30,000 more now or £5,000 more every year going forwards. What do you think, Stuart? Does my spreadsheet make any more sense now I've talked through it for, for 10 minutes? <laughs> and uh, and what do you think of the options? I think it does. I think you've articulated it very well. And for me, it's jam today or jam tomorrow, isn't it? It's uh, It's what do we need? I know my modus operandi is very much about, and I guess this could be said of most people in property, we're, we're all at certain stages. And I think that's a, a very quick thing to, that for me, I needed to accept was that I, I'm not the guy that's doing commercial developments or building huge empires. We're all at different stages. And, and as you and I said before we hit the record button, that is the point. This always comes down to objectives. What is our objective? And so for me personally, if I was looking at this, I I guess my, my, my method is I would rather keep more properties. However, I am in the process of selling a property purely to to support the cash flow. And in these scenarios, unlocking 30k cash now would certainly be more desirable than the extra 5k per annum that we would get if we held on to all three however in six months a year's time i'd i'd probably say actually let's let's keep the 5k per annum and in six years we'd have the same amount it comes to objectives and the other thing i was just thinking about was that Certainly my experience of in, in this scenario, because actually I have bought a property where there were two properties on the freehold and split the freehold. And I considered selling one of them. And I did that with uh, bridging finance. So that meant the cash in was a lot. Well, the cash in, yes, was was much reduced. So in this scenario, you know, it, it would be the difference between purchasing all properties for 550 or finding circa 165,000 pounds for the for the purchase however you then have all of the, the the associated legal fees and bridging costs but i think these scenarios are quite good in in getting us to think about what it is we want and I, I know for most of us for a lot of us it's about cash flow but then equally some people are thinking about the long long term investment of the properties so i think it's it's quite a good juxtaposition yeah exactly you you, you slipped into that conversation six years and and that's the difference isn't it do you or can you wait six years to to end up with more money or not so in year seven you're five grand better off in in scenario two but for those first six years the cash you have in your bank is less but yeah it's only only seven years at, at seven year point you've got more cash in your bank than you would have in in scenario one and yeah it's it is just that jam today or jam tomorrow 
can you afford to wait? Do you want to afford to wait? Or do you do you have more exciting things to do with your £30,000 right now than just leave it sitting there for, for six years? And I think the answer to that is different for, for different people. Personally, for me, I would definitely, at the moment, at this point in time, be looking to have £30,000 less in my bank and the expectation of making that back over the next five to 10 years. Of course, that is assuming that I actually have that money available to, to have not in my bank, if you see what I mean. I would never recommend overstretching just to, to allow for that, that future return. And you're right, the, I think it's very unlikely that anyone would have actually bought this property for cash, £550,000 for cash. And hence, this spreadsheet is going to be a massive oversimplification. People will have purchased it on some kind of commercial financing or bridging financing or, or something. And hence, there would have been some extra finance costs early on. And it may be that selling off one of the flats helped in that, that sort of early financing scenario in ways that just aren't reflected in this, this simplified spreadsheet. So, so yeah, there's, a, there's lots of other options to, to consider and, and add to the, the complications of this. But I will make sure that this spreadsheet is linked to in, in the show notes. So for everyone listening, please do go and look at the show notes, click through to the spreadsheet and have a look at it. I'm sure it won't make much sense for a while. So spend a few minutes reading through it. And if it still doesn't make any sense, feel free to let us know. Uh, shout at us on, on Twitter or send us an email through, through the website and tell us what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, what you think we're, we're missing. Uh, have we actually got our sums right? It's always a good thing to check. And what would you do? Which of the two scenarios would you choose? Is there a, a third, a fourth, a fifth scenario that we haven't talked about that you think would be, be much better as a, an approach for this particular property or these, these properties? please do let us know and perhaps we can we can expand the discussion even more in future episodes. Or if you've had quite enough of these properties being mentioned, because I think they've been mentioned on at least three episodes now, let us know that too and, and we'll shut up about them and, and forget about them forevermore. <laughs> That's also <laughs> a perfectly good option. <laughs> but if you are listening this far, we hope that you are getting some value in the podcast. So please do use your thumb, scroll down, leave us a a five-star rating and a, and a review just to help us further expand the business of property and, and help people understand more about property. And as Simon says, we would welcome any and all feedback. And we, we really do welcome the emails that we receive with questions. It helps us think about property and, and about the, the content we can provide. And Simon, unless you've got anything further to add, I believe we probably need to wrap this episode up. So once again, hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you on the next episode. Show notes can be found at thebusinessofproperty.com. <laughs>